community, you know, uh, <laughs> I almost had tears in my eyes the first week. Everyone that would walk in, we would just say, hey, thank you for supporting us. It means a lot. No, no, no. Thank you for everything you've done for the community. We will not let you fail. Hello and welcome to It Starts With Beer. I'm your host, Will Sis. Little Red Barn is this brewery that has inspired so much love from its community. Small town called Winstead in the northwest corner of Connecticut. But it's been a routine to see its tap room packed with people, especially older people, if I may be honest. Little Red Barn is not a place for hipsters or scenesters or even necessarily beer lovers. Now, don't get me wrong. You can love beer and go there and enjoy their Pilsners, IPAs, and especially, in my opinion, their Porter. But LRB is like a handful of other Connecticut breweries in that a lot of people that come there, they want to be there for the community. And the beer is a wonderful addition. Some are definitely stopping by along a route of breweries and I've met some very plugged-in beer folks there, but that's not what keeps a brewery like Little Red Barn hopping. It's the grandmas and grandpas and softball teams and people going out on dates and even wine drinkers. So I had a chance to talk with Nils Johnson, one of the founders and one of the guys that keeps Little Red Barn going, and uh, he talked about the importance of community And he talked about what it's going to take to keep breweries like Little Red Barn uh, going. Let's listen in. Um, Nels, tell us a little bit about how things have gone with your adjustment, with uh, all that's been going on in the world and in Winstead today. Well, I tell you, uh, this has been quite the amazing transformation. Uh, We went from a uh, brewery that... uh, you know, on the weekends, uh, the place is packed, live music on uh, Wednesdays and Sundays, uh, the busier times, uh, staff up to three to four people on at any given time. Now you fast forward to mid-March, we ended up laying off our uh, entire staff, which was uh, six people. Me and my uh, two co-founders uh, made an agreement not to pull any wages or draws out of the company. Uh, just in order to try to maintain uh, the business. You know, only being seven months old, we didn't have these huge cash re- cash reserves in place to uh, survive uh, a pandemic. That was not in the business plan. I thought I planned for everything, and we kind of left that out. I mean, that was really uh, short-sighted of you. So we're just... Um, everybody <laughs> everybody you know, I've talked to was like, okay, so we turned to page uh, 17, which was, of course, our pandemic page. Yeah, you know, it's uh, funny. It's a, uh, I, I was asleep at the well, wheel. You know, you know, you're going to have to uh, make no up excuse. for it. Now, so <laughs> you, you, you go into scramble mode. You let your staff um, go. Um, what was the behind that decision? Was there any, wasn't there any way to keep them on, you know, to, to serve or anything like that uh, in terms of curb and pickup and all that? Well, there are, we have uh, myself and two co-founders. And we had no clue what to expect for uh, for revenue. And I like to equate it to, you know, uh, almost like the airlines. And you get on the flight and they uh, do that soul safety talk and the, uh, 
the stewardess goes oh, and remember to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. You can't help someone else if you're not being taken care of. And you know, first we had to make sure we had a good financial footing for the company uh, make sure, to make sure that there was longevity, make sure there was a job for these people to come back to. And uh, what we've done to try to help them on top of the uh, on top of the unemployment they will be getting is all tips that we have received since uh, it's just been me and my partners running the place. We created an emergency fund for our employees. So if anyone has any type of financial uh, emergency, uh, we can dip into that fund and help them. And as of yesterday, which is uh, April 1st, uh, we have $2,000 in that fund uh, that's available to our employees that's at any excellent. given time. I, I, that, that's a clever way of doing it. I'm sure they're going to they're going to appreciate that. Um, you know, it's, it's about looking through different lenses. You can, you can, if you don't have the, the financial uh, safety of the company, they won't have a job to come back to when this is righted. So. You know, incorrect. And, you know, I, I'm, we, we kicked around the ideas, you know, do we pay them their, uh, their, their wages? Cause you know, we pay, uh, you know, uh, you know, state minimum wage, not the restaurant wage. I'm like, well, at the end of the day, you know, that, that's not a whole lot of money with the federal with the federal's kicking in. They're probably going to do better on unemployment. So you know, some, getting them some cash in their hand uh, seemed like the best avenue, you know, for us to help them. You know, at least at the time that was our thought, and it seems to. Uh, so it looks like you're um, you've got curbside pickup times. Uh, tell me a little bit about how that's going for you. Per week, the uh, the community, you know. Uh, <laughs> I almost had tears in my eyes the first week. Everyone that would walk in, we would just say, hey, thank you for supporting us. It means a lot. No, no, no. Thank you for everything you've done for the community. We will not let you fail. You know, we really achieved, you know, we talked before that how we wanted to be a good community partner, a good community neighbor. And it just shows that uh, we have been embraced. It's coming back to us tenfold. That's excellent. I, I think the idea is that you put roots down and, you know, you never know when you're going to really rely on, that's not just their kindness. I mean, they're certainly getting something out of the transaction, but they don't have to come down to see you. They could be getting it from their supermarket. They could be going without. Um, and so, yeah, you're seeing, you're seeing, um, uh, you're reaping what yeah. you've sown. Tell me, tell me a little bit about your uh the, the music that's still so, going you know, on. Uh, our head brewer, uh, Nathan Day, has been in uh, bands and uh, has written music, heck, since I'm known him. We go all the way back to middle school. Uh, so music was always an important part of the Little Red Barn story at the, at the brewery. Every Wednesday and Sunday, we had our live music. And now with this crisis, we wanted to try to keep some sense of normalcy uh, for people. And we want to support the musician that supported us. So uh, we're continuing to live stream music on uh, Wednesdays at 6 and Sundays at 2. It are the same bands that we had previously booked. Uh, some of them have uh, offered to donate their time just to, to put themselves out there. 
and have our patrons uh, have a, you know, it's almost like being at the brewery. So you can wear your PJs and sit on your sofa. You can still have our beer. You can still hear the music and the feedback that we're getting from people is just thank you. It's, uh, it's been, uh, been pretty cool for us. When you think about the innovations that have gone on since this crisis, you start to think, hey, this is kind of thing that I'd like to continue. Uh, but this, I think, is one thing that I wouldn't want it to, breweries to continue because I really want to be able to come and see them live on the one hand. On the other hand, especially being at home with a baby, it is awfully convenient. So maybe we could combine the two. Maybe you guys can live stream it, you know, keep it continued. You know, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of truth in that. And, you know, like you, I have um, my daughter's only 13 weeks. So it's nice to have some options where you, you can still have a bit of what you used to do. The, uh, this is going to sound like I'm a horrible parent. You, know, you lose some of your freedoms. You, know, you lose some of the time to do the hobbies of, of, of the past for, for a greater good. But it's nice to be able to sneak those in. <laughs> some, some of your freedoms. Some of your freedoms. That's being very generous. <laughs> Hey, my, my, I, I don't, my I don't, wife I might hear this, so I'm trying to be kind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fifty percent of your freedom is lost, huh? Okay. Well, we were talking about this the other night. You know, where the three of us sat down in the shift, had a beer, and it's like, you know what? This is kind of what we dreamed going in a brewery would be. Three of us working together, you know, uh, at the end of the day, kicking back, cheering each other from, you know, six feet apart. Uh, you know, <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> You got your couple of yardsticks and uh, exactly. you're good to go. Yeah, we walk around with yardsticks taped to ourselves, so we make sure we're always six feet apart. Uh, yeah, yeah, awkward, very. but healthy. <laughs> but so for one thing, it was kind of cool. We're kind of reconnecting what? like to where we were when we were just a club, just the three of us. Now, how is production going? You're slowing things down, uh, changing well, things um, up? We, we had uh, three rounds of ingredients on hand. We went ahead and, and brewed those. Uh, the I mean, the governor mentioned uh, at the end of March uh, that he was going to reclassify what's considered essential employees. So um, we're waiting for that list to come out to determine are we going to order any more ingredients. If we're allowed to maintain the to-go business, we're turning beer over quick enough where we want to continue uh, making beer. But obviously, if he uh, shuts us down, uh, we don't want to brew anything else. We want to minimize any potential loss. What was the, um, I thought I saw something up from the Connecticut Brewers Guild, some sort of virtual uh, happy hour? Yeah, we actually uh, did one uh, two nights ago with the uh, with uh, with the four breweries on Route 44, uh, Brewery Legitimus, ourselves, Norbrook, and Great Falls. And it was kind of neat. They spent 15 minutes at each brewery. Uh, we gave, uh, you know, in our segment, we, we went around and showed people all the antiques and historical stuff in the room, talked about the beers, toasted everyone, and then they went on to the uh, went on to the next brewery. So it's uh, it's something kind of different, and uh, it's a nice way that we saw a lot of good feedback that uh, people who never seen us or some haven't heard of us, which I, I find hard to believe. I know you do, Pry, as well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, uh, come on, everybody yeah. knows Little Red Barn. You know, we do put ourselves out yeah. there. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think you were you were averaging uh, two stories a week in the Republican American for yeah, about seventeen like that, weeks. Yeah. So <laughs> now 
you guys have always been open to collaboration. You've uh, worked with Alvarium, I believe. Uh, you've um, kind of worked as a bit of a you know, mentor. At least you're talking to the guys from Bad Dog. Uh, the Route 44 has its own kind of uh, connections. Um, do you see any possibility for uh, collaboration uh, to get through yeah, this? Yeah, you know, it's a, uh, th this industry, for those who aren't familiar with the craft beer industry, not like any other uh, segment. You know, I worked in transportation. One of my partners works a, a works for an, an insurance company. You know, unlike those uh, industries, if you have a problem, if you're short on some type of uh, grains or product, there's a brewery in this state that will step up and help you out. You know, it's just like one big lab. We're in a friendly competition, uh, but, you know, like it was told us very early on, you know, high tides raise all ships. If I do better, the brewery down the road is going to do better because more people are going to come out. So we're really in this uh, dogfight together, and it's even more noticeable now than ever before. I, I imagine. I'd, I'd hate to see, you know, a, a large segment of the uh, breweries drop off because of this, but I think that's really kind of like time will tell. Uh, I think it's, you know, some are riding high on the, you know the production that they've already you know created but um you know a lot of people don't have outside jobs or spouses that can lend a hand so it's uh it, it, it some might get squeezed you know, and out i think that's a un un unfortunate tr uh, truth and you know, where, where i'm blessed and also scared to hell my wife works as a nurse at charlotte hungerford and she's on the front line of this current crisis but she also has a good job she has the insurance that allows me to uh, to make the decisions we have with the breweries, so I don't have that stress. Is you know, okay, I'm not taking a salary now. I can't make the mortgage. You know that so that allows us to make those decisions where you're 100% right. There are some people who don't have that uh, that opportunity. Hopefully, they've been open a while and have a cash reserve. And there are programs out there, slow, you know, being uh, slowly rolled out from the state and the feds. But it's a uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, who's still standing as far as restaurants or any of these mom and pops, not just us breweries, when this whole thing's over. I think the common theme here is that, you know, we're all in the same boat. That actually really does um, play into this in the sense that it's not like there's a segment of the economy that yeah. is hurting. Everybody yeah. is. And the other, the other through line with your story and some others that I've heard is, you know, you, you, you build up these relationships because of times of crisis, and then you can kind of lean in and you've created, you know, uh, capital, so to speak, with your relationship, and then you can weather these. Yeah, and storms. you're, you know, you're 100% right. It's not like uh, the craft beer community made bad decisions to put us in this economic hardship. These bad circumstances were uh, forced upon us by this little invisible intruder. And it's not just our industry, right? It's across the board. So, you know, I think people are more likely to help out in this situation. You know, people come together in time of crisis, especially, you know, millions of us are fighting the same war. So we rise and fall together. So, you know, we got to figure it out. Well, I thank you for your time. What else? Uh, anything else you, you, want, you want to say? Anything else that people need All to know? All I know is I cannot wait for the day that uh, we get the green light to uh, get rid of this social distancing uh, have one hell of a party. We raise pints. We live it up. Good God, I think we all gonna need that uh, that moment, just that release to just kind of let go, 
And then I'm sure there'll be stuff to figure out, but that'll be for the next day. My thanks to Nils Johnson of Little Red Barn in Winstead. You can go to lrbbrewers.com for more on them. Stay in touch with me by shooting an email to beer.snob at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, sip well. <laughs>